Okay, boys and girls, it's now time for Treks in Sci-Fi with the star of the show, the Geek Meister himself, Rico. Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're about to listen to another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi, your almost weekly, mostly weekly uh, dose of geeky goodness. I couldn't remember what my kind of semi-slogan is. Anyway, today is March 13th, 2022. This is show 855. Took a week off last weekend. Um, No guest spot, no repeat show I didn't put out or anything. Yeah, which so it's been two weeks. Last show I did two weeks ago on Lost in Space. Hope you guys enjoyed that. This week, uh, I kind of decided to do kind of what I call a grab bag casual show. Talk about what I've been watching over the last couple of weeks, maybe in a little more detail. Some pretty big things came out, uh, like The Batman, which I'll talk about. Try to keep it mainly spoiler-free. Uh, I'll warn you when I get to that point. Um, but, um, yeah, some other things going on, uh, TV, movies, lots lots of – actually, a lot of stuff in the geek world has kind of come out and happened in the last couple of weeks. So, especially this past week or, or you know – we had a couple of teaser trailers come out for uh, Kenobi and Strange New World. So it's a fairly early daylight savings time adjusted Sunday morning. So I feel a little groggy kind of. Uh, but um, yeah, we're going to have some fun. Uh, I, I'm going to have some fun. I hope you guys do too while you listen. Uh, let us get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. Again, welcome one and all. Welcome everyone. I hope you guys are doing good. I'm pretty good. I feel a little uh, stiff. I haven't really been, well, uh, the last night especially. I don't know. I tried to go to bed. You know, we have these stupid daylight savings time thing. So I, I go to bed early, grab some comics, grab some things, other things to read. And, uh, you know, so... I don't know. I think I was maybe asleep by, well, if you do the clock ahead, it was like a little after 11. So I was kind of asleep by like a little after 10 or or at least light off kind of. But um, but I don't know. I tossed and turned a lot, feel a little achy. The not, not sick achy, just, um, you know, living in stupid Michigan. <laughs> stupid Michigan. Uh, sorry. Michigan's actually a really nice state. I... I I talk about the weather and kind of complain about winter and that. It's it's just kind of long. Like it was 17 degrees Fahrenheit here this morning. Although we're supposed to be 40 later today Fahrenheit again. Always Fahrenheit here. Uh, that's the U.S. for you. So, But the – and we're getting a little, little bit of snow this morning. Uh, winter's kind of hanging on. But we're supposed to be like up to 60-ish Fahrenheit later this week. You know, definitely above freezing each during the day. So we, we got signs of that. Definitely more light. We have these sand cranes that live in our neighborhood that I've probably mentioned before. I saw a couple of them. I've already returned. You know, they, they do migrate and they're 
they're really big birds. They kind of really are kind of destructive and kind of make a mess of things. We have this older woman that lives across the street and I blame, we blame her, my wife and I, Lynn and I blame her because she kind of got in the habit of feeding them. So they, they're perpetually part of our neighborhood. There's about, we've seen in upwards of like nine or 10 of them. I mean, they're like ostrich size. I mean, these things are big and, and they just tear up lawns and, and all that. But I saw a couple of them. So point is spring is, spring is just around the corner. Usually March is still a little shaky for Michigan. You know, once we get into April, it'll be better. We still have had snow in April. Yes, we've had snow. We've had, <laughs> I remember it was probably 10 years ago now, but we had like over a foot of snow one time in April. It was just silly. It was silly is what I say. All right. That was two or three minutes of weather talk, right? I hope it's better where you are. I, I know my younger son, Eric, went to, um, took a little trip out to Arizona, the Phoenix area, about a week or so ago. It was quite warm, he said. And I know some places out west and down south have already hit like 90, I think, um, have had warmer weather than typical. I mean, they're usually pretty good by now. But um, so we'll see, you know, what that all means. You know, I, you know, they, it, it's, I don't think there's any perfect place to live temperature weather-wise. I, I, I think it, it's one of the reasons why we have these, what this term snowbirds, but there's people, especially like my uh, brother-in-law uh, and, and my, you know, that's Lynn, my wife's brother. He's retired now, basically, and and they're not really, they don't have jobs here. Their kids are grown, like my kids, in any way. So they've, they're doing the, they're going to do, they're building a condo place thing in, in Florida. Yes, Chris, more people invading your state. <laughs> so, um, but um so, the, you know, what a lot of people do, like my my older son's wife's parents for a long time, they have they have a place out um, Scottsdale, I think it is. It's not Phoenix. I always want to say it's Phoenix, but it's in Arizona, Scottsdale. So they live out there during the, you know, quote unquote winter and then come here during the summer. They have two homes and, and bought, bought between those to enjoy the nice weather, the um it's probably the best way to do it, really, if you want to have the most balance of, you know, let's say the nicest of weathers, of weathers. Oh, my goodness. Too much podcasting about weather, but I get why people do that. I don't think we'll ever do the two house thing. I want to just, you know, once I finally stop working, I want to just travel more. I would like to see places and, you know, take some trips during our winter and get away from, you know, I've always wanted to go to like New Zealand, Australia, so we could pop down there during, you know, our winter here, their summer, although poor Australia is getting flooded with rain. So, um, so anyway, all right, let us move to though more, um, more geeky stuff. I think we could talk about, <laughs> oh, I, I don't even know where to begin. So much has happened. It's always is weird after two weeks. If I have a guest, uh, host like Mark, or if I haven't done a show in a couple of weeks, it always feels a little, I feel like I'm going to sneeze. Sorry. I, I apologize ahead of time if I do. The um, But I, I feel pretty pretty healthy overall, uh, knock on wood. I mean, still, COVID's pretty gone, I guess, right, guys? You know, again, not, not nerdy stuff, but I think we're all thinking about it. You know, we've, Michigan here, we've pretty much dropped mask policies everywhere. I'm really hoping... Um, you know, I've been vaccinated for a long time. Everyone sensible should be vaccinated. Um, 
but the so I don't feel all that you know in danger. And I really hope the conventions, you know, I really want to go to San Diego Comic-Con again this year in, in July and in, in San Diego, obviously. Motor City Comic-Con is looking really good in May here. This is our good segue over to Geeky Talk. The um, So both of those, I'm really hoping, you know, Motor City is in May. Comic-Con San Diego is in mid to late July. So I'm really hoping by both of those times, you won't need to wear masks. I mean, uh, it's just I, at conventions, it, and I and I did Motor City. They had a they had a con in um, October. It was so we had to wear a mask. We only went for a couple of hours. My son and I. We really basically just went there to look for you know maybe some cool things to buy. It wasn't a normal con visit for sure. But I'd like to like William Shatner. Uh, you know, good old Captain Kirk is going to be in Motor City in May. I would love to get a photo finally with him. I've seen him talk many times. I've just never got an autograph or a photo or anything with him. And uh, I would really like to do that finally. But I don't want to be in a between a plastic barrier. I don't want to have to wear a mask. I, you know, I'd like a real picture, you know, maybe uh, without all that stuff. And I, I think that'll happen. Although <laughs> the Star Wars celebration that's going to happen, I think it's like Memorial Day over the, like the last weekend of May which is in Anaheim, California, they had just announced that uh, they're going to require masks. They're requiring vaccinations for anyone five and up <laughs> or, or uh, and then younger, even under age, under five, you need to show those, those little ones. If you bring a baby, you got to show a negative COVID test. I, I just think that's a bit insanity, folks, really truthfully for them to announce all that. I get why they do it. They don't want to have policies that people complain about and before they buy a ticket right or get it or whatever but i gotta believe that by the time that thing happens at the end of may that that stuff's going to be gone most of those qualifications or restrictions will be taken away i mean they're having sporting events everywhere concerts they're having you know not to mention um i, I just heard the airlines well it was going to end but they extended it for just one more month so in april if, unless something changes in, in in April, I don't know. Sorry if I'm on this topic, but it's a little geek related with the convention stuff coming. In April, they are. Um, it looks like the airlines are going to drop their mask policy. Now, if any place in the world is going to have masks when you're elbow to elbow with somebody for hours on end, it, it's it's an airplane, right? I mean, and if they're going to drop it, you're you're going to have a an event like a convention, and I know everyone can do what they want. They can set their own policies, but it's just a bit overboard, don't we think by now? I, I don't know. I, I just think that it, it, it's it's a bit overboard. So, all right, let us stop that talk. Let's get on to other things. So, like I said, I want to talk about a number of geeky uh, things that have happened over the last few weeks, especially the Batman. I want to talk about this new Netflix movie that I just watched a couple of days ago, The Atom Project with Ryan Reynolds, which is really good. Um, I want to talk about the the trailers for Kenobi and for Strange New Worlds. Those are probably the main things. I'll talk about some other stuff. Um, maybe we'll talk about the other things that I've been watching. Still working my way through um, Raised by Wolves. I don't know. We're getting eight or ten episodes. That that show is just bonkers. I, I don't know. I, I I honestly don't really care for it that much. It's it's interesting, but it's it's also kind of dumb too when, when you know with, with some of the things that happen on the show 
the um, but I'm still watching. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, the um, it, it's hard for me sometimes when I've started to watch a show. There's been very few shows that I've watched after a few seasons, and this is only a second season of that. Walking Dead is the biggest one that comes to mind that I dumped. I watched most of it. I mean, I think I stopped at season two or two or three seasons back, maybe two seasons. I don't know. They've really elongated the the release of these seasons, and I see that it's in its final season that keeps, like, here's a little bit of it, and then there's a couple episodes, and then there. Well, I haven't really paid much attention, but anyway, I, I tend to stick with shows as much, you know, once they're on. Especially these streaming shows are fairly short you know, eight episodes, something like that. So it's not a huge commitment. When you're watching network shows, which are typically, well, prior to COVID, which have kind of messed up some seasons, but we were usually getting about 20 episodes or so a season. And that's, you know, a bit like the CW shows that I watch, like The Flash and uh, Legends of Tomorrow and all of those, Supergirl before it left, uh, you know, those were mostly 20 or so episode seasons, except for the last one or two with COVID. But, um, and uh, I, Legends of Tomorrow just ended its run, Batwoman, which, ugh, I don't know if I can do another season of that. I re- really, I know I've talked about it and kind of complained about it before, but it's also a show that's just kind of silly and is just kind of like, I mean, Silly isn't even the right word because Legends of Tomorrow is probably the most silly show. But it, I really like the characters on Legends of Tomorrow. They're 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 just cool and fun, and there's some variety, and they just do completely unexpected things on that show. Where Batwoman is just kind of just blah, you know. It, it just the best character on that show is Alice, you know, the the crazy kind of psycho who was, you know, the sister of the original Batwoman until they had to replace her because the original actress left. But um, I just don't feel it's very um, interesting. They did stuff with Poison Ivy this season that was pretty good, but I don't know. Beyond that, it was just, yeah, I don't know. The um, So what else besides the biggies that I wanted to talk about? I am going to do, I think, next week. I was going to do it this week, but I've... I goofed up. I thought um, Star Trek Discovery only had, well, I had one less episode than I thought. So Star Trek Discovery's got one more episode next Thursday. Um, there's They've been overlapping with Picard, which is incredible, right? I'm sitting down on Thursdays now watching on Paramount Plus two Star Trek, <laughs> two new Star Trek episodes. Who would have thought back when Enterprise was canceled and I started this podcast that we would have... Uh, not only Star Trek would be back in multiple series, but you'd actually have uh, uh, some overlap. They're they're doing that a little bit, I think, with Picard and Strange New Worlds, I think, or maybe not. I, I don't I have to look at that again. Maybe one episode of an overlap or something. But um, Picard is 10 episodes for season two. Uh, Discovery has been, I think, 13, is it? Or 12, 12 or 13? Uh, it doesn't matter. But they've got one more. So anyway, the point is the next week's episode, what I want to do is kind of run down my thoughts about going to more detail on Discovery for season four and and talk more about season two of Picard. I'll, I'll at least touch on Picard. I mean, I'm enjoying this season so far. We've only had two episodes. It, it's got a lot of very familiar elements. Uh, you can see all this in the trailers. Q is back, of course. There's a weird thing that's happened. Again, it's in the trailers. You know, time has kind of been messed up. And they've got to have to fix it. Hey, they've, (laughs) 
I mean, everyone seems to be loving it. And, and my only thing that I'll say, I'll probably talk about this certainly more next week, but it, it, it's funny. Fandom is a little bit funny because I, I really liked season one of Picard, but um, they're doing what, what they're doing in uh, in season two so far is they've done this kind of stuff before, right? And I don't really see too many people complaining about it. I mean, the tried and true you know, uh, a change in time messes everything up. I mean, even the original series did that with the classic, you know, basically my favorite episode of Star Trek ever, City on the Edge of Forever. So, uh, but um, all right, let's not talk too much about Trek. Like I said, I'm going to cover that all next week in the podcast. Actually, I'll be back, yeah, next week uh, without a guest or, you know, anything, I'd at least not planning on that. So um, what else about the other shows before I get into, I think we'll probably do... Um, We'll talk about the Batman, I think, first, and then we'll get into some of the trailers I mentioned. We'll talk about the Adam Project, too, that movie. Um, by the way, I watched another thing I watched last night that I'm a big fan of the Scream uh, horror movies. I guess they're horror, you call them. I don't know. They're not They're not as horror as some movies. But anyway, Scream, that, those, that series, I'm not a big, as I've said a few times here, I'm not a huge fan of horror films. I don't watch, like... Uh, most of them that come out, uh, like you know, especially some of the real intense ones that they've done over the last years, like the Saw series comes to mind and all that. So, but Scream, I don't know. There's something that kind of there's a lot of uh, when it first came out, I thought it was very unique and original, and they really turned that kind of a movie on its end a little bit, and and, and it was very um, surprising. It had a lot of twists and turns, and and. Th- you know, things out of left field. So, but now after, I don't know, was this the sixth one or fifth one? I don't know. Um, the, the idea that they're like, oh, look, <laughs> you didn't expect this to happen. So now that you've gotten so used to things, anyway, I watched the newest one, by the way, it's on Paramount Plus, which here's my little pitch for them. Not that I, you know, get any money or anything for it, but you know, Star Trek, of course, all the Star Trek stuff is on all the series and everything, movies, on Paramount Plus, but there's some other good stuff on there too, and they're they're releasing movies on there, uh, Paramount movies, obviously, and Scream, which what was it in the theater like January, I think, two months ago, about um, a little bit more than that maybe, but um, but anyway, um, the yeah, so I watched the most recent one. Anyway, I like the earlier ones, especially the first two, three. The one about there was one about ten years ago that was it was okay. Um, but, um, this newest one was, I thought it was pretty good completely. You know, it's basically the, you know, they bring in a lot of younger people who are like, some of them are related and kids of the original people. They also bring in some of the original, uh, people as well. Um, it feels very much like, you know, when they were, when we all knew they were going to do a star Wars sequel series of movies, right? Um, we all expected, you know, Luke, Han, Leia, Although they turned into basically, I think Han had probably the most. I mean, Luke, I guess, in the second one, but the um, they really were more window dressing, kind of. Truthfully, I mean, I think that was one of our bit of our disappointments, right? In the in the that they brought in the new, and I I think this Scream movie, I think they they did a nice job of blending. I think it was certainly more emphasis on the new characters, but um, yeah, it was fun. It was on, like I said, Paramount Plus. So sat down with. Um, Sat down and watched that last night, but yeah. All right, let us, we're 20 or so minutes. This probably be a shorter than normal podcast. 
I'm going to slip in here a music moment from Vartok. He did a music moment uh, for me, and it's about seven or so minutes long. I'll slide that in, and I'll come back uh, with uh, the discussion of the Batman. So here is Vartok. Hello, everyone. This is Vartok with another Trex in Sci-Fi Music Moment. One soundtrack and a few words. For today's moment, I'm going to talk about the main title track from Season 1 of the Apple TV Plus original series, Foundation. I am guessing any serious fanboys and fangirls listening to Trex in Sci-Fi will recognize that the Foundation trilogy, and later the expanded series, as having been authored by famed science fiction writer Isaac Asimov, with the first novel, Foundation, released in 1951. As I mentioned, the series was released on Apple TV+, in 10 episodes starting just last year on September 24, 2021. I was late to start watching the series, but immediately found myself binging two to three episodes a night. It was that good. The production value is top shelf, and the acting is excellent. Season 1 was written and executive produced by David S. Goyer and Josh Friedman. On August 1, 1941, Isaac Asimov proposed to John W. Campbell of Astounding Science Fiction magazine that he write a short story set in a slowly declining galactic empire based upon the fall of the Roman Empire. Campbell liked the idea, and by the end of a two-hour meeting, Asimov planned to write a series of stories depicting the fall of the First Galactic Empire and the rise of the Second. Asmos submitted the first Foundation story, and Astounding published it in May 1942. Asmoth wrote seven more stories over eight years, and they were collected into the Foundation trilogy. Published from 1951 to 1953, the three books became Asmoth's most popular science fiction and won a Hugel Award for Best All-Time Series in 1966. Collectively, they tell the early story of the Foundation, an institute founded by psychohistorian Harry Seldon to preserve the best of galactic civilization after the collapse of the Galactic Empire. For me, my favorite actor in the series is Lee Pace as Brother Day, or Cleon Twelfth and Thirteenth the middle-aged member of a series of genetic clones of Cleon I, who reigns as emperor of the 12,000-year-old Galactic Empire. You know how it is. Sometimes you see a film or series, and after watching it, you just could not imagine anyone else playing the part. And to me, Lee Pace is perfect as Emperor Cleon. Anyway, music for the series was composed by one of my very favorite composers, Bear McCreary, with over 600 tracks in my music collection. You might recall, if you're a long-time listener, that I did a three-part music segment about Bear for Treks and Sci-Fi episodes number 172, 176, and 180 back in 2008. Bear has not slowed down one iota, and since 2008 has provided scores for the TV series The Saracana Chronicles, Human Target, Caprica, The Cape, Eureka, Defiance, Da Vinci's Demons, Damien, the miniseries Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Slingshot, Snowpiercer, Masters of the Universe Revelation, 
and The Walking Dead. Also, since 2008, McCurry has provided the scores for the films Europa Report, Ten Cloverfield Lane, The Cloverfield Paradox, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Eli. And I only just mentioned some of his science fiction and fantasy efforts. If any composer can be said to be a science fiction composer, it is Bear McCreary. For today's music moment, I have chosen to play for you the Foundation main title track, used to open each episode for Season 1. See if you don't hear the powerful sound mixed with a soulful and ominous tone representative of the impending downfall of the Empire. You hear the power of the Empire, but it's sad, and the sound is pure Bear McCreary. good news is that Apple TV Plus has greenlighted Season 2, and filming is already back underway, although the official release date is unknown. Despite principal photography seemingly being underway, we shouldn't expect Season 2 to arrive on our screens until early 2023. Filming for Season 2 shouldn't take as long as for Season 1, which was disrupted by the ongoing COVID pandemic, but there's still plenty of work that includes a long post-production phase. Having watched Foundation, I found myself once again interested in the other works of Isaac Asimov, and just finished reading the novel I, Robot. And I'm waiting for my local library to release Foundation to me for download to my Kindle. Well, I hope you enjoyed this music and sci-fi music moment. And now back to you, Rico. Hey, thanks, Vartak. Really appreciate that. Um, let's talk about the new The Batman. Not just Batman, but The Batman, which I kind of like they did that title. Because it's a, it's a, for those who don't, don't read the comics at all, there's been a long standing situation in the comics where a lot of times he's referred to as not Batman, but the Batman. Um, don't ask me why exactly, but it just, it, that terminology or that way of, you know, identifying him rather than just, hey, look, it's Batman, or hey, look, it's the Batman. You know, that, that gets used in the comics quite a bit. So I, I do like the, the fact that they use that in the title. Plus, we had, of course, the classic Michael Keaton movie from 1989 called Just Batman. So oh, not that they can't do and use the same title, which, <laughs> going back to my Scream talk, the new one, this new one that just came out, uh, it, it was just called Scream period. And the first one, of course, was also called Scream. And they've done this before with movies, 
I don't know if I was doing it, if I would have changed, you know, could have been called last, the, the most recent Scream one could have been called like Scream the Next Generation <laughs> or something like that. The new Scream or uh, the Scream, the Scream. Ooh, there's a good idea, right? Like the Batman. All right, I'm going to play, uh, I'll play one of the trailers uh, for it, and then I'll come back and talk about it. It'll be mostly spoiler-free, but I might get into a couple of details. So if you're adverse to any kind of spoiler, probably skip ahead. I'll probably talk about it for 10 minutes, maybe or so. But um, yeah, here is uh, one of the Batman, the Batman trailers, uh, the newest Batman movie with, of course, Robert Pattinson playing a Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Mostly Batman, very little Bruce. <laughs> here you go. Bruce Wayne. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be bothering you here, but your people keep telling me you're unavailable. You know, you really could be doing more for this city. Your family has a history of philanthropy, but as far as I can tell, you're not doing anything. left this for the Batman. Why is he writing to you? You came. I've been trying to reach you. Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. You got a lot of cats. Never think about strays. The bat and the cat. It's got a nice ring. You a new friend of yours? I'm not so sure. I'm just here to unmask the truth about this cesspool we call a city. You're part of this too. Hey, How am I part of this? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. Bruce Way. All these years, you lied to me, Alfred. We all have our scars, Bruce. He's still away. He's involved in this? No, he's not involved. How do you know? He's up in Delaney. Who are you under there? What are you hiding? Selena, don't throw your life away. Don't worry, honey. I got nine of them. It can be cruel, poetic, or blind. But when it's denied, it's your violence you may find. Justice. The answer is justice. Come on, vengeance. Let's get into some trouble. All right, there we have um, a very long... Um, <laughs> the uh, the trailer shows a lot. It, it's funny. I think that's the first time since I've seen the movie that I've watched the trailer. It's interesting how the trailer. Um, and by the way, spoiler alert: I'm going to talk about the Batman, mostly spoiler free. There, you've been warmed. I war warmed. <laughs> you've been warned. The um, but I don't. I don't think there'll be anything drastic that I'll mention here. I mean, he's the Batman. Catwoman's in it. Riddler's in it. 
Commissioner Gordon's in it. Alfred's in it. There's a Batmobile. I mean, everything in the trailers. Let's give you guys a little bit of background. So this directed and written by Matt Reeves, also written by Peter Craig, uh, obviously based on the Batman character from DC Comics. Uh, the, uh, you know, the biggie is Robert Pattinson playing Batman, Bruce Wayne, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman, Paul Dano is the Riddler, Jeffrey Wright is Commissioner Gordon, John Turturro is, uh, uh, who is he, Maroney or whatever, I don't remember, um, bad guy, gang or, you know, whatever, um, Andy Serkis is Alfred, Colin Farrell is Penguin. This movie uh, cost roughly, they're saying, about $200 million to make. It's doing pretty good at the box office. I think it's over, definitely over $300 million. I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry here. I don't know how up-to-date. They're saying it's made about $315 million. I don't know how often these things get updated. Um, the um, Yeah, so that's, you know, give you some background there. It's... It's supposed to be a very young, a very early year one-ish, year two-ish, whatever, uh, Bat, Bat, um, sorry, Batman. Um, the uh, Carmine Falcone is John Turturro. Sorry, apologize for that. Um, I don't know why I said Maroney. He's a different crime guy. But um, the so again, it, this is a, this is a Batman just kind of somewhat starting out. Although he's, I would say he's pretty capable. In terms of his abilities to, you know, fight, he's got a pretty cool car. He's got the Batcave. He's got some weird computer gear in there and all that. There's sort of a um, let's talk. Uh, it's always tricky how to how to talk about a, a movie like this, but the you know we've got we've had Ben Affleck in 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 the you know Justice League and stuff, and I really like Ben Affleck as an older, wise you know somewhat wise, but um, you know. He, I think Ben Affleck is a really good combo of Batman and Bruce Wayne. I, I, the, I was going to say something that I want to hold on off saying for a second about the new movie, but so let's go, let's go back a little bit, um, back up a, a, a step or two. So my son and I, my older son and I, my older son who's into comics is, you know, pretty good as much as me maybe. Uh, and also, uh, you know, I, of course, in the comics, we, we saw the movie Thursday, kind of the, you know, they have them come out on Thursdays now. You can see them. So that's when we went um, late Thursday afternoon to see it. And, you know, this movie's three hours long. So it's it's a bit of a slog somewhat. Um, but we're both big fans of Batman. My, my, my older son has a full one-to-one scale size Batman bust. I have... I've read the comics for decades, uh, Batman comics, Detective Comics, Batman spinoff, miniseries. I mean, I, I feel like I, I know the character pretty well uh, and and have a pretty good grasp of and – and, of course, I've seen all the other movies. I mean, I really like the Christopher Nolan Batman films. Michael Keaton film is a, is a classic too, and even the second one, Batman Returns. You know, they've they've done some really good Batman movies. Right. We've had and we've had some silly ones, too, of course. I, you know, like the original 60s series, too. Yeah. Sorry. Had to get, get uh, interrupted for a sec. But um, but yeah, so I've uh, seen all the stuff that they've done with it. I watched the Gotham TV show, which I thought was really good. So that's all my history. Give you some background. But um, 
So it, in a nutshell, I would give this movie like if I was doing four star review, you know, kind of a thing, I'd give it a three. I liked it. I, I, I think um, I think primarily about this movie is it has a very cool style uh, visually uh, through the the look, also the music and, and just the feel of it. It's probably the most the closest I, I would say they've done in, in a movie to make me feel like I'm literally in like a Batman comic in Gotham and, and the feel of that world. Uh, I think is is the closest they've come here. Sometimes Gotham just looks a little too much like you know New York or whatever. I mean, which I think the Christopher Nolan films were kind of like that a bit. The um, I, I think the the Tim Burton stuff tried to make Gotham look a little bit crazy and weird more. Uh, but um, but yeah. So style wise, it, it it really really feels like. You're in a Batman world and in, in Gotham and all that. The um, and and I think overall, I think Robert Patterson did a, a good job. I, I think the trouble that the main thing that I have, and this is a little bit to do with him being a younger Batman a bit, but I felt he was just a little too. And I'm sure this is the way he was a little bit directed and the script and all, but he's a little too monotonal and I I mean yeah he gets a little worked up especially at you know a couple points when he's fighting or or talking to you know different people he's trying to get info out of or whatever but but overall you know he's he's kind of bland sort of is the way I could put it I mean I think Batman should be a little bit more interesting and a little bit more dynamic not just Batman but Bruce he's really really all in on basically Bruce is just almost a burden to him. You know, he's just Batman, you know, and Bruce is just something he just kind of deals with, but he doesn't really want to. And that's always been kind of a theme a little bit in the comics, and, you know, and in the movies to some degree. But I, I feel like it doesn't seem quite like it fits so well here being a younger Batman. I would still think he had before, you know, I'd still think he would be trying to be Bruce a little bit more. I think there, that was, I think I would have preferred that they had him try to at least be, you know, we had a few scenes and maybe they did film some stuff. Like my son pointed out, there's a scene in the movie where some people come financial people, or I don't I forget who it was or whatever charity people. I don't know whoever came to see him at Wayne Manor came to see Bruce. I think it was Wayne Manor. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and so they come, Alfred's like, come on, you got to come see these guys. And uh, and then they just cut. Like, they don't ever actually show that. And, and maybe they did film some things. Maybe we'll get like a four-hour <laughs> four hour cut of this at some point, like the Snyder cut. Um, but they, I just, I was I was a little disappointed we didn't get a little bit more Bruce. It's kind of like my, my same problem that I had with like the first Superman, the newer one, Man of Steel with um, Henry Cavill, who I think is great as Superman. But that first movie, I mean, we got like basically no Clark Kent, really. And I think that's a mistake. I, I think I think you need to show, and that was what's, what was so great about the Christopher Reeve movies, I think you need to show that difference and that dynamic a little bit more. Um, it's not a huge problem. I mean, it's not a big knock against the movie or whatever, but I, I, I kind of miss that a little bit. Some of the things that I really, I, like I said, I enjoyed the look of it a lot, the music. I think the music got a little bit also 
overpowering at times and it was a little bit like done done you hear it in that preview trailer I, I think they needed to that needed to be a little bit mixed up i mean it was good but but um my son commented he really didn't he liked the movie but he really didn't he like he, he had more problems with it really than i did and his one of his comments was how many times do we need to see batman come out of the shadows with that music playing you know five six <laughs> And they did do that a lot. I'll, I'll admit they did that, you know, that kind of look and thing, quite a few times. So, um, but um, but what else? So I think Catwoman was great, and I I think if they had taken, I've seen some people posting some reviews about, oh, you didn't really need Catwoman. I think I think you absolutely need, needed Catwoman in this movie because because like I said about not having very much Bruce, I think the um, I think she balances him a little bit. And they've, you know, um, Tom King, who I really like as a writer of comics, he's put Batman and Catwoman together. There's even a current comic running. I think there's maybe we're down to the last couple of issues, maybe. Batman, comma, uh, not comma, just Batman, Catwoman, it's called. So he's put those two together a lot in comics, that, that writer, Tom King. And I think the thing she helps about in this movie is she makes makes Batman you know, more interesting. I really, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what I was about to say. There was something I thought might happen, but anyway, um, that's probably giving things away already. Uh, well, I did do a spoiler warning. So, um, uh, Colin Farrell, uh, as Penguin was good. I, I, he was freaking unrecognizable as, as the, I knew he was in this and I'd heard about that. But wow, he he was that was pretty crazy of of how different he was. He really, really maybe if I watch this again, and I probably will watch it again at some point, I'll pick up on a little bit of Colin Farrell. But uh, really good. I mean, I mean, obviously they had some makeup and stuff on him, but um, I think even the way he did his voice and things, um, yeah, yeah. The Riddler, uh, Paul Dano. Uh, a little too serial killer kind of vibe, truthfully. The Riddler's supposed to be smarter and have a little bit of a mental dance with Batman. And there is a little of that in this movie. There's the riddles and there's the clues, but it isn't like the Riddler would typically do. He 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 is he's more about having kind of a chess match with Batman. Uh and and that and and it it, it really I, I think that they don't do a great job of that truthfully here. I, th- I think one of the problems is a little bit, it's a little hard to get a feel for his motivation. I mean, somewhat you get, I mean, yes, you, you do. He's, he's got, you know, this got it in for all the, the corruptness in Gotham and these people who are basically um, stealing from the city, uh, lying to the city and, and, and that, and that, that's okay. And, and that's kind of a common theme these days of, you know, politicians not being maybe on the up and up and, and other people and, and, you know, rich people maybe, you know, taking advantage of, of the lower classes or whatever. But again, that's not a, that's not so much of a Riddler thing, at least in my opinion. It was okay. It was fine. Um, Jeffrey Wright as Gordon, I thought was great. I really liked the fact that there was a fair amount of Gordon and Batman kind of working together in this movie, which hasn't been done as much uh, in other stuff. So that was kind of new. I like that a lot. There's a lot of the underworld crime stuff in this movie. That's okay. 
Um, I think they tried to do a lot here. You know, you had the the typical characters we're used to, you know, knowing in Batman, Catwoman, Riddler, Penguin, um, Alfred, and then you have the crime bosses type characters too. It's a little hard, I think, to blend those, and I think they do a pretty good job here because they've the the super criminals like the Joker and Penguin and Riddler have always taken kind of center stage. The Gotham TV show was much more about the crime, uh, crime lord stuff. So if you want to watch that, and that's a really good series, so I recommend that. The um, but um, but yeah, there's a ton of action here. Batman is there's a lot of fighting, a lot of bullets being shot his way, as you can see again in the trailers. I, you know, I think one other little negative I had about this was, and this is a, probably a bit more of a spoiler, um, Batman doesn't really stop much from happening in this movie. He's kind of always playing catch-up. And I, I found that a little bit disappointing somewhat that, yeah, he does he does help a few times, but but things still happen. You know, like it, it, he, he's he's always showing up at like a crime scene where something somebody's already died or something. So, um, yeah, and I, and he's new at this and all. I don't want to come this off. I mean, I really thought that the movie was good. I think it's a good Batman movie. Is it a great one? Eh, it, you know, maybe maybe after a few more viewings, I'll, I'll change a little bit more. I mean, I, like I said, really good. The, tr- the trouble these days with movies and TV shows and uh, reviewing things, there, there's this tendency, like I saw somebody post <laughs> about the Batman. He said, oh, it's the best movie ever to him right it's like dude really the 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 best movie ever i'm like i I don't know about that i wouldn't even say to me it's the best batman film at all but um and again don't want to make this sound negative i think if you like batman if you like the comics you know if you like you know gotham and that whole thing and rainy and uh go see it for sure we would definitely see it. Definitely see it in the movie theater. Oh, one comment about the movie. Uh, the um, I, I, I like this theater near me. I typically go to this. It's got a huge screen, IMAX and all. It's, it's almost always where I'll see a new movie like this that when it comes out. I got there. We got there that day. Oh, well, they had a problem with it, and we had to go to a different theater, a smaller theater to see it. It was still okay. I was a little disappointed, obviously, but um, it was just like a technical problem, and uh we got free passes to see another time of it if we wanted to go see it again in the big theater. But I, I don't know if I'll go see it in the movie theaters again. It, it, it didn't wow me enough probably to want to do that. Um, all right. We're, what did I do? We talked about that probably longer than I expected. So, but good, a good movie. Not, not a great one. And I was going to say before, there's, there's just this tendency these days of everything's either great or it's awful, right? And I think I found this very much in between. Definitely more for me on the side of the good side. Uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff in here. And and just some things that I wish they had changed or done a little bit more of. And, and you could probably say to every comment that I made, like, oh, well, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted Batman to be the focus and all this. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Well, for me, I would have preferred it was... It was there was a little more Bruce in there too. So, um, so anyway, that is the Batman. All right, let us shift gears. Let us talk a little bit about um, this other movie that I think is really good. Hope you guys watch it. You know, if you have Netflix, it's easy to watch because it's on Netflix. It's called The Adam Project. Just came out on Friday. Yeah, 
and Ryan Reynolds is the big draw in it. Um, Zoe Zeldana is in it as well. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner, really good celebrity or good celebrities, big, pretty good names in, in it. And it's, essentially it's about time travel and uh, a guy going back in time and meeting his younger self and things happen. And I'm not going to say too much about it, but let me play a trailer for you. Um, but it has sort of a Back to the Future vibe. It has uh, even, even I, I don't even know, a lot of different vibes. I was really, really happy with it and really, really enjoyed it. I won't say too much, but I'll play a trailer for it uh, right now for you. And then I'll come back, maybe mention a couple more things about it, and then move on to talk quickly about the Kenobi and Strange New Worlds trailers. So here is a little bit of The Atom Project. Why can we never slow down? There's no one even following us. Don't look back. Look up. I think we're about to have some company. Stop the car. What? What? Stop! Go, 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 reverse! Laura, this is me. Hi. Parallel contact, babe? Well, you know, you've always said that you wished you'd met me earlier. Here I am. <laughs> Do you remember this? I mean, this is happening to me. It already happened to you, right? Unless it works more like a multiverse where each rebel oh, creates an alternate A multiverse? My God, we watched too many movies. So 2050, is it really bad? It's not great. Find him. Get ready to run. Somebody who does. Dad. I'm the godfather of time travel? The Atom Project. We don't pull this off. We're not getting back. What do you say, kid? Punch that shit. Oh, yeah. Thirty years trying to get away from the me that was you, and I'll tell you what. You were the best part all along. How'd you get to be so smart? How'd you get to be so dumb? Nice try. All right, there you go. The Atom Project uh, on Netflix now is it's really really good, good movie. You you get a lot of uh, a lot of it in that trailer. <laughs> Actually, it's just like, hey, we gotta we gotta do this and and pretty much show you a ton. I don't remember. I'm trying to even remember. I watched some trailer for it a while back when it first was kind of being marketed and announced out there, and I was 
wasn't sure at the time when I think when I first heard about this movie, if it was going to be a movie for theaters or what was going on. You know, we've got so many of these monster movies showing up, you know, that were, you know, paid for by or whatever Netflix or however it all the money works. I don't know. I, I remember that one um, Red Notice, right, with uh, The Rock and, and Gal Gadot, however you say her name. Sorry, Gal. Um, and Ryan Reynolds was in that, too. He's in every... I just there's a lot of people I think that Ryan Reynolds people don't like it kind of annoys a little bit but but I I don't know is is he very similar to the same guy and character in just about every movie yes but I do like that it's kind of like the rock too and and there's something kind of comforting in in that a little bit for me like I really love that free guy movie which is also now out I think it's in Disney Disney plus definitely go watch that. That's a great movie too, uh, to me at least. These are the kind of fun, fun movies that I like, um, and and especially these days, I think there's there's a lot of stuff that's pretty dark. I mean, the Batman movie is a pretty dark thing, and uh, so I think we need this. We need these desperately, and and there, it's a lot of fun here. And uh, and who wouldn't want to kind of go back in time to meet your younger self? One of the things that I think is great in this movie, in that. The kid who plays uh, young Ryan Reynolds, you know, as a kid, I, I don't know the actor's name. I have to look it up, but you guys can. But the point is, is that he's – and I knew what the movie was basically about when I started to watch it. And he, he they did a really good job of making him – he's kind of snarky as a kid. He gets into fights. So – they basically did a pretty, a really good job, I thought, of of making it like, yeah, that's probably what Ryan Reynolds would have been like as a kid. Although, who knows? Ryan Reynolds probably was not like the way he is now as a kid. People change really truthfully more than I think people always realize. And I think books and – or not books really, maybe books, but um, TV movies tend to not really show that. Uh, you know, like I don't like I was really I've said this, I think, before I was pretty, pretty shy as a kid. And, and I don't really feel I'm that shy. I'm certainly not that like that anymore. Although a lot of kids, I think, are probably by the time, though, that I got into high school, I, that that kind of went away. But um, but the um, point is, is that it's, you know, they, <laughs> this kid who, uh, it, it, you know, acting like kind of a little bit like Ryan Reynolds is pretty funny to watch. It's just, you know, you almost always, I think everyone kind of wishes they were just that, that like say together and snarky and with it as a 12 year old kid, instead of, you know, later in, as you become older and you become a little more savvy of things, you can probably pull that kind of stuff off a little bit. Some people do, some people don't, but point is who, who doesn't want to be like the kid who, 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 you know, says to the bully, you know, like whatever he says in this movie, it's, it's good stuff. So watch this. I think you'll enjoy it. And, and also free guy on Disney, you know, both of these very, very likable movies, very likable characters and, and just fun with, without, you know, a lot of people being, you know, chopped up with, um, with swords or something. I don't know what I'm saying. Although there are, well, I don't want to say too much more about this, but check it out. All right last say 10 minutes of the show let us play um i don't know should we play the kenobi trailer should we play strange new worlds let's only do one of them and um let's do i'll, I'll flip it out let's do strange new worlds because i think there's more dialogue in that and kenobi well, there's actually dialogue in both maybe we'll do both um 
nah, let's just do one. I want to p- put both in the in the podcast. I really like the Strange New Worlds one. They're both good. The the okay, tell you what, this is the way we'll do it. Oh, see, this is how you do a podcasting. You think about it and you decide it on the fly. Let's just talk about Kenobi. Um and well, it's called actually Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? The Disney series, which is what is it only going to be like six episodes, I think? Uh, starting at the end of May on, of course, uh, on Disney. The um, uh, the trailer essentially shows Obi-Wan on Tatooine kind of watching over Luke. And there's this voiceover thing about how the Jedi always need or want to, to help people and get involved. So the, the point is, is that, and they did this in this Kenobi book too that was out for years ago that came out um Obi-Wan won't be able to really kind of help himself when bad things are happening that he'll want to get involved, which will sort of expose him either as a Jedi or just, you know, hey, who's this guy that's messing around here on Tatooine? But um, I think it's going to be very hard for him to sit there for years and years and years and not somehow get involved. Uh, so that's going to be kind of fun to watch. And, we, of course, Ewan McGregor back as, as Obi-Wan is, is fantastic. I hope that we get more. I hope that um, I've always kind of felt that the time gap between the prequels, Star Star Wars prequels, when Vader just becomes Vader, and then when we get to A New Hope, you know, roughly twenty years later or so, uh, that that time period was is is been the one that I wanted to see more about for the longest time. Post Return of the Jedi, we're getting kind of with Mandalorian and Boba Fett book. Um, the, even the sequel trilogy didn't really do that because you were just decades later, right? You didn't really get that much. So that's why it's kind of cool with the Mandalorian. We get to see, you know, what's happened just a few years after the fall of the Empire and all. But anyway, so Kenobi, we're gonna get we're gonna get to see, you know, that transition there from when the Empire kind of came to be and then how we get to a new hope you know they did it with rogue one but i mean really that was like literally five minutes before a new hope <laughs> maybe i'm exaggerating maybe a week right or whatever so um but yeah this trailer is really good it's just a little bit of a teaser uh, usually with these things i think disney and the star wars films well I was going to say they try not to show too much, but eventually they do. We'll probably see a bunch more before the series comes out. But yeah, it looks really good. I'm excited we're going to finally get this. It's been talked about for a long time uh, that they were going to do this. I I think we'd have certainly gotten it sooner uh, without COVID happening. I I think it was definitely announced. I have to look back on, on the internet or whatever, but... They've been talking about doing this show for a long time, right? So, and, and it's great that, you know, you've got a little bit of an older Ewan McGregor now than he was with doing, you know, the last uh, prequel film was 2005. So we're like 17, 15, 17 years later. Honestly, he's as old, you know, just about, you know, now as he would have been like if you take it to a new hope time, right? But one of the things that, I, you know, people always make this comment online that I, you know, they'll always like say, you know, how did you and McGregor in, in 20 years or so go from looking like he does to <laughs> to Alec Guinness looking, you know, like he's grandpa or, you know, just you know, a lot of age for, for what appears to be not that long, you know, if a guy. But one of the things that I've always mentioned, and you don't really need to explain all this too much, but this is a galaxy far, far away a long time ago, right? They look like humans, but 
we don't know that necessarily they age exactly like we do, right? So who who knows? You know, may, maybe from people from different planets and stuff like that are age a little differently, even if they're humans, maybe they're who knows? It doesn't really matter that much. So I, I, I don't really have a big problem with that. Um, but um, yeah, looks good. All right. Let us now segue over to Strange New Worlds. Uh, let me play the, the little teaser we got for that. And I'll come back and talk about that. And we'll wrap up today's podcast. I need you back, Captain. No matter how many stars there are in the sky, no matter how many galaxies swirl beyond our own, no matter what the mathematical probabilities or the number of times we say, we are not alone in the universe. first visit from the stars is always the province of children's stories and science fiction. Until one day, it isn't. All right, I am so excited for this show. For so many reasons, it it's it it appears from both the trailer, the talk that's been about it, um, that this series has the chance to be as close to the feel and the style of the original Star Trek series of of basically any show they've done. Um, I guess TNG kind of did that truthfully. You know, it was a crew. They went to planets. They didn't. It wasn't like season-long arcs like they're doing in Discovery, or even Deep Space Nine started to do. You know, arc-type storytelling. You know, they did a lot of individual. They kind of were the segue of individual episodes to to more uh, long, long arc-type stories, especially later in the seasons with Deep Space Nine when they got to the war stuff and. And then Voyager, you know, they had a mix. I'd say Voyager was mostly standalone, right, episodes. Um, but the an Enterprise was was by far mostly standalone with stuff going on, you know, continuing things. I definitely prefer, would prefer that they, I've been a little disappointed in Discovery, and I've said this before, of the fact that they've done each season has been an arc of something. There's a problem. The galaxy's gonna, you know, whatever collapse. We we got to fix this, and then again, do it again the next season. Then the do it again the next season. So that I would, I don't know. Maybe they can't change that pattern at all right now. But I'm very much looking forward to Strange New Worlds. The trailer looks great. This little teaser trailer. It's very quick. It's only like a minute, not even like a less than a minute and a half. And you see a pike who appears, you know, he's kind of like left Starfleet. He's kind of hiding off in a cabin, riding around on horses in the snow, and uh, which is great because 
Pike likes horses, and they they did that in the menagerie in the cage, the original pilot. So he, um, that's cool. I really like it. And of course, Anson Mount has been done westerns and things, and and he did that that series Hell on Wheels. That's what it's called. Which I still need to watch. That I started to watch the first episode of that and just got sidetracked with other stuff. But um, yeah, this just looks great. And again. The, the era of being just a little before the original series, yes, it's going to look more technologically advanced. Get over it. That, that's just that's just how they're doing it. And that's it's fine uh, to, to do that. I don't really have as long as they're not doing, you know, Discovery's now gotten away with it because, hey, spoiler alert from like two seasons ago, they're way in the future, like 900 years in the future. So, you know. Star Trek Discovery has become the point where they're practically like it's practically magic of what they're doing now. They have programmable matter and transporters that boom, they're there. And then they don't even like practically walk on the ship anymore. They just beam to whatever spot on the ship they want to be on. Um, So there they've taken the tech way, way in advance, even though it was originally said 10 years before the original Trek, right? So there they've been able to get around that now. But this will be, you know, we'll see the Enterprise. They've already shown it in Discovery. You know, it looks a little different than the original, but that's okay. Just a few little modifications and tweaks. Nothing drastic. It still is very familiar looking. You know, that's the Enterprise, obviously. You know, they've already done the bridge, so we know what that kind of is going to look like. But I'm just super excited to see some of the characters, see the stories that they decide to do. Maybe they'll go see some familiar aliens that we know. Maybe some other ones, of course. But, yeah. I I really, really am excited by this show. I hope it runs a long time. I hope we get some really good, new, uh, exciting Star Trek episodes with some new stuff that, that the fans can kind of embrace. Yeah, they've been a little down on Disco. They were a little down on the first season of Picard, although the second season, like I said, they're liking. But super excited by this. I, I, think, uh, I think everyone's kind of all in and excited by this show. Uh, I think... The last thing I'll say about this is I think you can easily do like people always want to throw out the term fan service. I think I think you can give the fans kind of a little bit of what they want, but you can still do it in your own way and create new stories and new ideas and put put stuff out there that does does it all. I, I don't think you have to throw everything out kind of like <laughs> I'm looking at you, The Last Jedi, you, you know, do something a little different, but do it with like understand the character you know understand luke skywalker and how he would really be you know later in life and how you know luke would never give up you know i've said that before he would never go hide away on a little whatever never never ever this is the kid that you know jumped into and 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 joined the rebellion to stop the empire i mean no no i i don't believe that at all even if something bad happened to him you know, he had bad things happen to him and he kept going. So, all right, there's a soapbox for him. But yeah, Strange New Worlds looks great, doesn't it? It's just, yeah, man, it is good, good time to be a geek, isn't it? We've, it's, it's, uh, it's also the thing that I say pretty regularly, which is when I see people unhappy with stuff, I'm like, man, there's so much to watch. I just started, by the way, the second season of Lock and Key on, on Netflix also, which, uh, I'm, probably going to watch another episode tonight. I've read the comics, so I kind of know what's going to happen, but I really like that show. That's another good one on Netflix uh, based on a comic and uh, so many good things based on comics and, and for the 
big time directors, people out there. Ridley Scott, I'm looking at you, Martin Scorsese. You know, you, I know you guys listen to my podcast, right? But uh, there's some really great stuff in comics, and to, to poo poo on that is, is shame on you guys. So, uh, all right, and, and they make a lot of money, by the way. So, hey. I was going to say this earlier, but if you want to support the podcast, patreon.com, I can't talk too fast, patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi. Thanks to those that do that each month. Really appreciate that. We just, well, I was about to say we just started March, but we're already almost two weeks into it. But um, yeah, sign up a dollar or two a month or something. I really appreciate that. Whatever you guys can do. Uh, again, patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi. And next week, like I said earlier, that show is going to be about uh, all about Star Trek. We'll talk about Discovery extensively about season four, and um, and also um, also Picard. We'll have about what three episodes of Picard to talk about by then. And um, my voice, I think I'm starting to lose it. Oh, weather needs to get better. By the way, I got a, uh, a season set of uh, trading cards. I've done season one and two. A uh, place called Rittenhouse. Is that what it is? Rittenhouse, I think. Uh, which was uh, the bad guys kind of in that that great show, Timeless, that I really liked from NBC a couple years ago. Shame on you, NBC, for getting rid of that. Um, anyway, I got season three trading card set for Discovery. I had the first couple of seasons. Uh, I really like getting trading cards like this. And uh, there's autographs and special cards. You'll get little bits of costume sometime. And uh, so I'm going to sort those out maybe later today. But uh, everyone, I hope you're doing well. Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, enjoy your week. I'll talk to you just in a week about um, more about Star Trek and here on Treks and Sci-Fi. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. This has been a Wego Dusty podcast production.